Welcome, intrepid indulgers and snack samurais, to this very special Super Bowl edition of Liquortainment Inc., where today, just days before Super Bowl Sunday, we embark on an Epicurean odyssey right in the comfort of your man cave or tricked-out garage bar. Now, I know what you're thinking. How do I turn this pile of free donuts from my last meeting into a food fortress of solitude worthy of the big game? Fear not. Today, I'll be your culinary quarterback, guiding you through the do's, the don'ts, and the did they really just bring a salad to a Super Bowl party? of game day grazing. If you're new here, the Liquortainment Inc. podcast is all about celebrating the DIY home bar spirit. We'll be diving into the nitty gritty of turning your garage or basement into a dream bar, from picking out glassware, bar accessories, and things needed to set the mood of your bar, to learning about cooling, heating, soundproofing, lighting, and more. But it's not just about the physical space. We'll also be exploring delicious yet easy to prepare cocktail recipes, interesting bar add-ons, and the best ways to create a welcoming atmosphere for your friends and family. So get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to unleash your inner DIY home bar guru. And with that, let's get started with our next episode. Cheers and enjoy. Prepare your stretchiest pants and get those foam fingers ready to point accusingly at anyone who double dips, because we're about to tackle the top 10 finger foods that'll have your guests doing end zone dances in your living room. We're not just throwing snack suggestions like a blindfolded quarterback on fourth and long. We're talking strategic pairings with the kind of libations that'd make gods pause the game and say, hey, can I get that recipe? So grab your notepad and a pen or a chisel and tablet for those who want to keep it old school and brace yourselves for a crash course in the fine art of Super Bowl snackery. Trust me, by the end of this flavor-packed session, you'll be the MVP of Munchies, the sovereign of Super Bowl Sunday, the, well, you get the idea. Let's get this snack down started. We got a few instant messages over the last couple of days asking what we do here at Liquortainment Inc. for food during the Super Bowl. We do it pretty simple here. Kickoff is at 5.30 p.m. Minnesota time. We have a few friends over. Some come for the game and others just come for the food and drink. On the menu for the big night, we'll have nachos, hot wings, tamales, jalapeno poppers, beef sliders, veggies, and dip. Last but not least, chips, dips, salsa, chains, and whips. What about the beverages, you ask? We'll have a small assortment of beers, including the ever-present Ham's beer, maybe a stout for the classiest among us, and then we will have a batch-mixed cocktail. The fine folks at thesquarekeg.com sent us one of their mini kegs for us to try out. We're very excited to enjoy cocktails on tap for the first time. That's about it. And now, on with the show. Picture this, fellow snack historians. The year was 1967, and the great American tradition of the Super Bowl was about to be birthed into the world. That's right. Alongside the headbutting of helmets and the inaugural toss of the pigskin, something equally important was unfolding in the hallowed halls of homes across the nation. The Super Bowl snack. Legend has it, a mystical hostess by the name of Betty, perhaps a cousin twice removed from the iconic Ms. Crocker, decided that mere chips and dip were not enough to honor the clash of football titans. No, she envisioned a spread that would rival the vigor of the athletes themselves, a table groaning under the weight of miniature meaty masterpieces and cheesy concoctions, creating the blueprint for modern munchies. Like the gladiators of yore, Betty knew her tiny treats had to be powerful enough to sustain the bellowing masses through hours of commercials, questionable referee calls, and halftime extravaganza debates. Thus, buffalo wings took flight, armored in a sauce as fiery as the competitive spirit. It's reported that pizza rolls, not to be outdone, rolled onto the scene, each a pocket-sized homage to Italian-American endurance. And let's not forget the formidable nachos, 
whose crunchy foundations and molten cheese topping became a symbol of the structural integrity needed in both snacking and sport. While historians argue about the truth behind these fabled origins, one fact remains undisputed. Super Bowl snacks have become as vital to the annual spectacle as the game itself. Some might say the patina of grease on one's fingers is a mark of true fandom, others that it's merely practical. After all, what better way to commemorate tactical takedowns and monumental touchdowns than with an edible strategy most genius in its simplicity and execution? Let's raise a chip in honor of these pioneers, the unsung heroes who created more than just snacks. They crafted a ritual. Hello, first-timers and snack-curious souls. Welcome to your Rookie's Guide to Super Bowl Finger Foods. First off, brace yourself. This is the Super Bowl of hosting. If you thought choosing a fantasy football team was stressful, try pleasing a flock of ravenous party-goers with an empty stomach. But fear not, you've got this playbook and, spoiler alert, every dish is a clincher. Let's kick things off with a simple statistic. 1.4 billion chicken wings are consumed on Super Bowl Sunday. That's enough to circle the earth three times if laid end-to-end, -end, or so the chicken wing cognoscenti claim. I don't know, maybe it's 300 times. But let's spread our wings beyond just, uh, uh, Wings. Elevate those table scraps into a gastronomic touchdown with buffalo cauliflower bites. Think of them as the plant-based cousin who crashes the party, and surprisingly, everyone loves them. All right, folks, grab your napkins and your scorecards because it's time to count down the top 10 finger foods that are making a play for the Super Bowl of snack supremacy. Starting at number 10, we've got the humble celery stick. Yes, the unsung hero of the veggie platter. Pair it with some blue cheese dip and you've basically got the crunch of a potato chip with the calorie count that allows you to lie to yourself a little less on Monday. Now don't snicker. These green crunchers are like the linemen of the snack world. They don't get the glory, but try having a wing without one. Coming in at number nine, it's the mini quiche, which is literally the food equivalent of a Hail Mary pass. 20% of first-time hosts will throw these little egg pies into the oven, hoping for a win with the sophisticated crowd. Spoiler alert, it's the bacon that catches the touchdown. Slider burgers slide into number eight. It's a truth universally acknowledged that anything miniaturized will cause full-grown adults to coo and lose all sense of portion control. Stats show an average increase in consumption of 150% when something is labeled slider. Is it because they're sliding down easy? Well, one out of every four partygoers will tell you they only had like tiny burgers, dude. And now, at lucky number seven, the chicken wing descends upon us. One thing we know for sure is that wings are consumed each Super Bowl. If chickens could play football, they'd be formidable opponents with all that flying. Well, until we ate all their wings. Buffalo or BBQ, the wing is the drumbeat to every penalty flag and touchdown dance. Number six has us dipping into seven-layer dip. Why seven layers? Because just when you thought you hit the base, there's more. Kind of like that party that keeps going after the TV commercials end. Each layer is a step closer to flavor heaven or a botched button on your jeans. The top five kicks off with pigs in a blanket, also known as the ultimate pocket presence. These bite-sized wonders tie in coziness and carnivorous joy in a happy, dough-wrapped marriage. And rumor has it, they were the original inspiration for the term pigskin. Nachos, you saucy minx, you've claimed the number four spot. The only snack where every bite is a gamble. Will this chip support the weight of the toppings? Will I successfully extract a single nacho from its cheesy brethren? Only the brave will find out. Swooping into number three, it's the mighty potato skin. They're like little canoes of joy, cheese, bacon, and sour cream on a crispy potato. That's like the touchdown trinity right there. Just remember, folks, potato skins are basically a salad. They're from the earth. Runner-up at number two is the infamous meatball. 
A statistic that's totally made up but sounds believable is that if all the meatballs consumed during the Super Bowl were laid end-to-end, they'd stretch across all 32 NFL stadiums. And now, our MVP, the supreme ruler of the snack kingdom, guacamole. Avocado sales surge 70% in the lead-up to the Super Bowl. It's the green gold that turns any chip into a treasure and any party into a fiesta. There you have it, comrades in calories, the power players of the Super Bowl party. Each one pairs beautifully with a frosty beer, a cheer, and maybe a silent prayer for your favorite team. Stay tuned for boozy companions that will make these snacks sing louder than the halftime show. Ah, the mighty union of Super Bowl snacks and the revered beverages. Truly a match forged in the gridiron flames of game day bacchanalia. It's time to elevate your football fate with the booziest of comrades that will make your savory mini morsels sing the national anthem of flavor. Now let's kick off with a classic. Buffalo wings. These spicy, saucy bites of heaven are best tempered by the cool and creamy head of a good IPA. The hot bitterness manages to tackle the heat head on, while the carbonation cleanses the palate faster than a halftime show wardrobe change. Transitioning to the cheese-tastic delight of nachos, the moment calls for a margarita on the rocks. Why, you ask? Well, the citrus and salt rim acts like a snappy linebacker, cutting through the richness and setting up a play that scores with every crunch. Do keep the tequila quality higher than your highest expectations of halftime commercials. You'll thank me after the coin toss. For the connoisseurs of man cave cuisine who can't resist a good meatball, a bold red wine is your MVP. A Cabernet Sauvignon has the tannins that can go toe-to-toe with beef and the finesse to sidestep greasiness like a nimble wide receiver. Bringing out the soft pretzels. Oh, you old-fashioned playmaker, you... That malty wonderland demands a classic lager. Its crisp finish dances between the salt crystals like a running back dodging tackles. And for those who dare to serve the crowd-pleasing sliders, you need a companion that can hold its own in a tight quarter. A robust stout or porter brings the umami and char of the miniature burgers to new heights, turning a field goal of flavor into a touchdown. As you sip your way to the final quarter, always remember, the best pairing for your Super Bowl bash is one that scores points with your taste buds while doing the wave with your budget. Now, refill those cups and raise a toast to touchdowns, tight ends, and tantalizing tastes. If you look up buzzkill in the dictionary, you might just find a picture of a veggie tray at a Super Bowl party. Nothing screams, I think football is a type of yoga, quite like a crisp celery stick idly dipped in hummus. And let's talk about those unsalted, unroasted nuts. Folks, your guests came for touchdowns and tight ends, not for a nature hike through Nutville. Now, I know your cousin from California is coming over and insists on quinoa salad being on the menu. But remember, folks, this is the Super Bowl, not a book club meeting. Keep the leafy greens in the fridge where they belong. Next to the beers, of course. Another party foul, tofu wings. If that sentence alone didn't make you cringe, then congratulations. You're braver than most. The only thing that should be buffalo-sauced are honest-to-goodness, bone-in, make-you-want-to-scream-for-more-wings. Otherwise, it's like sending a quarterback onto the field with a tennis racket. So remember, when the coin toss is done and the helmets clash, serve your guests some real, hearty snacks, not appetizers that could double as a game of Will It Blend? It's the Super Bowl. Let's act like it. Onward to the snack touchdowns. In the high-stakes game of Super Bowl snacking, timing is everything. It's a strategic ballet, my friends, and you're the choreographer of cholesterol. So let's lay out the game plan for your snack release, ensuring not a single guest encounters the dreaded third-quarter hunger pangs. First quarter, it's game on. Hit them hard with the starters, chips, and dips. 
We're talking a seismic chemical romance of salsa, guacamole, and that ooey-gooey concoction known as queso. Spread them out like wide receivers, accessible yet not too filling. You don't want your guests to blitz their appetite too early. Halftime hits and bam. You unveil the heavier MVPs, the mini sliders with all the fixins. They're like tiny linemen packed with enough flavor to push through the defense of the hungriest belly. It's a classic power play that satisfies that carnivore craving without needing a halftime nap. Third quarter, it's the wild card play. Roll out the pigs in blankets, those delectable little pork-packed parcels. They're the unexpected interceptors, small but mighty in flavor. Pop them in when the crowd's starting to wane and watch the energy make a comeback faster than a wide receiver on a breakaway. And as the fourth quarter looms, here's your Hail Mary, the surprise sweet treat. Just as the tension peaks on screen, you peak their sugar rush. Bring out your brownie bites or cookie dough dip. It's comfort snacking that says, no matter the outcome, we're going down in a blaze of glory and confectionery. Folks, that's your play-by-play party playbook. Keep those snack waves coming like a seasoned quarterback leading the drive, and you'll be headed straight for the end zone of snack time greatness. Remember, in the Super Bowl of snacking, he who plans wins. Now go forth and strategize. It's the end of the game. Some of your friends have stayed behind. You need a plan. Ah, the aftermath of the great Super Bowl snackage. Stadiums aren't the only places that need a clean-up crew post-game. Your man cave is littered with the debris of what was once an impressive snack stadium, now looking more like the ruins after the big game. Fear not, fellow snack warriors. There's method to this madness. Firstly, those cocktail napkins you strategically placed at every corner. They aren't just for show. Deploy them like little linebackers to scoop up crumbs and intercept stains. Think of it as a scrimmage against spills. Secondly, we address the tragic sight of half-eaten chicken wings. It's a delicate operation, akin to a quarterback sneak. To gingerly pluck these from amidst the clutter without smearing sauce all over your coffee table-turned end zone. Plastic bag in one hand, tongs in the other. Go forth and conquer. Chips embedded in the couch cushions? Let's get tactical. Consider this a crunch-time fumble recovery. It's time to bring out the vacuum. Yes, that's right, the one you hide in the closet all year. This MVP will suck up the rogue chips and any other snack remnants hiding in your upholstery. Now, for the condiment bottles that look like they've seen better days, grab a damp cloth. They're like your offensive linemen protecting the cleanliness of your kitchen counter. One swift run, and those bottles will be as spotless as a rookie's record. And let's not forget the glassware. Those pint glasses and tumblers that have served your themed drinks all night. They call for the classic rinse and stack play. Rinse them out swiftly to avoid any sticky situations and carefully stack them to avoid turning your sink into a glass graveyard. As for the feasting table itself, you'll want to remove any disposable items immediately. A swift linebacker blitz towards the trash can. Then, like a smooth quarterback slide, take a disinfectant wipe and give the table a once-over, ensuring no sticky spots are left to tell the tailgate tales of yesteryear. Remember... As any good coach will tell you, a cleanup is best done with a team, so enlist your fellow fans. And once it's all clear, take a moment to bask in the glory. You've successfully hosted, toasted, and boasted. Now your man cave is back to its prime. Reward yourself with the last of the six-pack, kick back, and savor your rightful title as the MVP of Super Bowl hospitality. Well, fellow gridiron gourmets, as the final whistle blows on our Super Bowl snacking saga, it's time to hang up the aprons and retire the serving platters. You, brave hosts of the Grand Pigskin Party, are the true MVPs, masters of victual provisions. Whether you dazzled with the classics or ventured into the avant-garde of appetizers, your feats of culinary fandom have not gone unnoticed. So, raise your glasses, cans, or whatever drinking vessels you've commandeered for today's festivity. Here's to you, the champions of Super Bowl hospitality. May your cleanup be swift, 
your leftovers bountiful, and your spirits as high as the winning teams. Until next year's epic snack showdown, keep those ovens warm and your beverages cooler. Cheers! Thank you for tuning in to Liquortainment Inc., the podcast where DIY home bar owners and backyard cooking warriors can enhance their indoor and outdoor bar experience and discover the latest brands and products, all inspired by our thriving DIY garage bars, man caves, and more Facebook group of over 480,000 members. If you love outdoor cooking and enjoy pizzas, the next few months will be filled with episodes you are not going to want to miss. We will be focusing on making pizzas outdoors, be it in the driveway, the patio, or the backyard. It matters little. Join us for future episodes as we dive into the world of home bars, exploring all things home bar related, and in the future, we hope to add enlightening interviews with brand experts. Don't forget to subscribe or follow on any of your favorite podcast directories like Apple, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or even YouTube, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Make sure you check out any of the brands we've mentioned in this episode or others. By providing us with samples of their products, they are helping us provide you with valuable content for our Facebook group and this podcast. Also, we'd like to see your DIY home bar on our public Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash garage bars. Until next time, cheers.